Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Welcome to Candyman, a podcast where we're not going to be talking about Tony Todd. We're not going to be talking about Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. No, this is not a podcast about Candyman or the amazing, amazing actors who play him. No, we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth, <laughs> Episode 7, When Pooba Met Birdie, and we're going to be reviewing a piece of candy. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, season one, episode seven, when Pooba met Birdie. And then later on in the podcast, we're going to be reviewing surprise, surprisingly, I got to be honest, uh, one of Pete's favorite pieces of candy. Favorite piece of candy, you just said? Uh, Even though I think like two episodes back, you said your favorite piece of candy was Reese's Pieces. Yep. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely, it's... You know, it get my my uh, you know like a lot of people's top. It changes on the mood, the day, and stuff like that. But definitely, what's in up your mouth? There. What's in your mouth? At the Did time? you say your top? Yeah, your top like three or four. You know, it can. Oh, really I depend. thought you meant like you change your shirt every day. You change your favorite candy uh, yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy's a candy lover. I feel like Pete, you're you're a man who um who takes the candy that's in his hand. You know, I uh, I got a big sweet tooth and um. I tell you what, I'm very excited about the candy we're going to get into today, but I'm also very excited about the adorable titles that we have in the show, and I think uh, this is a special episode. I agree. This is a fantastic episode of the show. Now, spoiler warning, if you haven't checked it out, go back and watch it again. This is the seventh episode. When Puma Go back Birdie, and watch it. If you haven't watched it for a while, you're revisiting it or something, I, I think you could probably figure out what's going on by the title. But very briefly, Gus and company have finally made their way to what he thinks is his mom's house to try to visit his mom. He thinks she's alive. Bear and Jeopard very much do not think she's alive. But... At the same time, we're getting flashbacks to what happens in the title when Poopa, whose turn name turns out to be Richard Fox, I believe. Yes, which I think we all saw coming. Mm-hmm. He's Dick a real Fox. Dick Fox. Yeah. Yep, that's 100% right. He meets Bertie, whose real name is Gertrude. She works at the lab that may have, well, almost definitely released the virus. Yeah. Or the sick. <laughs> wow. Way to leave the door open, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a little wiggle room there. There's some other there's things that go on. Well, actually, I, remind me to talk about it later because I have a little bit of a theory I want to throw out at you guys. Ooh. But she definitely made Gus is the thing that we find out by the end of the episode. Gus also finds that out by the end of the episode when he does visit his mom's house, gets lots of information Finds out he was a project called Gus. Gus won, in fact. It's very heartbreaking. He runs away into the woods, completely destroyed at the end. And meanwhile, we see how Bertie and Poopa, they really only had one night together. They had one very sweet date until everything went to shit. And then they separated. 
Pooba got Gus, ran away into the woods, the sick destroyed the world, and we still don't know exactly what happened to Birdie, except for the fact that at some point she took care of this woman, Judy, and then she left about 10 years earlier, ostensibly to search for Gus, but we don't know where she went. And that's the episode. I love this episode. I thought this was maybe the best episode of the show so far. Wow. In... In a show that I've already enjoyed almost every episode here. I also enjoyed this episode a lot. This episode, just structurally really great. We get to see the flashback stuff. We get to see the current stuff going on with Gus, Jepper, and Bear. And as the episode is building, each of the flashbacks get a little bit shorter. We jump back and forth. It was great pacing. Um, I like the story. Um, I missed seeing our other characters a little bit. I miss some Sing. I miss some Amy. I miss some Abbott. I hear what you're saying there, but I I do think there's something to be said for holding back on that information because everybody was in these big cliffhangers. And Gus's story is the most important story. It's the central story that we're following so that they took this time, even though it's only a 38-minute episode, that they took this time to really drill in and show us this and also to build up the Bernie and Pooba relationship, which I thought was wonderful. I loved watching that. I was so into their relationship across the board. Uh, I, I thought it was great. Uh, take the time. You don't have to show everything every time out of, out of the gate. Go ahead, Pete. Okay. So first couple things. First, I agree. This was a very enjoyable episode. Uh, but also I was heartbroken that these characters who basically have a child together, um, didn't like they kind of barely connected. And I don't know if there was real love there or a scientist who was spun out, saw a sucker and was like, listen, I can fucking use this janitor wow. to get, to get this kid with you guys. Not trusting no. women on this show. Hold up. What are you Hold talking up. about, you guys? You well, trust him. Justin, yes. you you were like, I don't know if I trust that Ronnie. She seems to really be selling Sing down the river. And now Pete's like, I don't trust that Gertrude. I don't uh, think she's Bernie, good enough for Poopa. Bernie was like, yo, I need I another love all way the in. women on the show, and I support women, unlike you guys. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie <laughs> is definitely uh, pulling Sing into trouble. And I'll tell you what, Judy, she's a problem. Something's up with Judy, I can tell you that much. She she smokes a little weed, that's all I'm saying, which is not good, and it's illegal in many states. Oh, fuck you. Go fuck what do you think yourself. about in a post-apocalypse? Do you think they're still cracking down on weed? It. I don't care if it's post-apocalypse or pre-apocalypse. You follow the laws of your state. Oh, my God. Wow. Who are you? <laughs> fuck you. Thanks, go thanks fuck Abbott's yourself. America. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Clean Living over here. You can go... F- some of the laws are. I, I'm not even gonna get into this. Okay, no, get into but it. But I up. would like to. I would like to say I have never encountered a bad law oh ever. Oh my god, ever. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh my god. All right. So, um, yeah, I wanted there to it be obvious real love, but the whole time she needed a way in, and he looked like just the. The dumb janitor, and you know, it just seemed a little too easy. So, I really hope the connection was real. Uh, because, um, you know, it, 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 I don't know, but it was, it was a very interesting story, which I thought was very cool. It wasn't a typical love story, I don't know if there's real love there, but the it was a very interesting, cool unfolding, and it, 
really done well. Like we've seen stuff like this so many times, but it's really impressive. The the creativity and the and the uh, stuff behind all of this is is great. So I'm having a good time, even though it, I, I'm a little cautious. And also, I'd like to say that I support women as albums a piece of shit. You guys sound like contestants on The Bachelorette. Where you're like, is there love here? I Here's the thing. I don't know if there's love here. I'll tell you what. I think the point of this episode was it didn't matter. I think Ooh. it was they, it was a random occurrence that they two, those two happen to run into each other in the and bar. They both love and the dead. They both love Grateful Dead. I yeah. definitely side here's with one Jay. of them. I definitely side with one of them on their song choice and the other. We can talk about that. <laughs> But I, I think the point of it was the randomness and the fact that there was a little bit of a connection, but then the real world interceded, and all of a sudden you end up with these people that don't really know each other at all, and they end up having this very high-stakes situation, and, and Puba he makes a, a run for it. I 100% agree with you, Justin. The thing that I think this episode drove home is this show is about found family in all of its different forms. Uh, Singh and Ronnie... Maybe a little less so, though. I think we're going to get to that eventually. You know, they're sort of. But I think they're a family that's coming apart as yes. opposed to these others that are coming together. Exactly. You have Amy was nothing until she found Pigtail, until she built up the preserve. Gus had Pooba, lost Pooba, but finds his real family with Bear and Jeopard. And we get the same thing with Pooba and Birdie is they're these two very lost souls. We don't find out much about Gertrude pre-meeting Puba, but she clearly isn't very happy in her job. She's clashing with people. She's off on her own. Puba, we get to see his whole life is just the same thing day after day in this very classic montage sequence. Living in his drawings, living for his two beers, that's all he's got. He's cleaning the floors, and he seems happy with it. He's okay with it. All you need is two beers. At a time? Order one, then order the other one. Come on. Booba, take a stick of No, Wait, no, no. Line them up. Line them up. Line them up. The second one's going to get warm. Ah, yeah. Drink it faster then. Wow. You think he sits there and gets blind drunk drawing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of doodles? Another 10 beers for Pooba. And speaking of Pooba, Pooba and Birdie, between Tuca and Birdie and Timon and Pumba, I'm a little lost here. It's too many, too, too much of this. Mm -hmm. His name is Dick Fox and her name is Gertrude. Wait, all I was going to say, though, is that they get in the same way they find each other over the course of this night and they do have a connection and it doesn't matter whether it's a love connection or not. They clearly like each other. They're interested in each other. They have fun with each other. It's very sweet. It's very interesting. It doesn't exactly become romantic because they never get to seal it with a kiss or anything like that, but it doesn't matter. They find each other and they find this connection with each other. That's seal all. Seal it with a kiss. Okay. <laughs> Disney princesses over here. What are you guys? <laughs> they, they just like He's each other a little bit. Needed. He's got to lead it in Kissel. I'll tell you what, this is not the first podcast where I've seen you lean hard into a Sebastian from the Little Mermaid impression. <laughs> tell you what, that was like half Sebastian, half whatever the Candelabra's name is. Lumiere. Yeah. Well, Lu- Lubastian. Okay. Don't, don't try to back off of your Disney knowledge at this point, because you're in too deep. I mean, friend. whatever the Candelabra is, Lumiere. So, Pete, do you believe in true like? Uh, <laughs> what, what were you about to say? Well, yeah, so what I was going to say is it's a lot to ask somebody to raise their child when you're uh, meeting for a first date. There was a lot of cute moments between them. And then also like the the thing where she was like makes a joke about a date and then he literally stops in his tracks and is like, 
This is a date. Uh, that was very enjoyable. That was the one part of the episode I didn't like. What? Wow. Yeah. Because it was a little bit writerly. It was a little bit fake. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, first off, Zalman, go fuck yourself because he was doing his thing drinking and drawn, which a lot of people do. It's a very enjoyable pastime. And she like busts up in his fucking grill and is like, hey, I like dead too. Hey, let's hang out, you know? And he's just I trying to. the my- episode, yes. Well, I'm just saying, don't act like, why wouldn't he be surprised? He, he started talking rushed. to her. It's he a sitcom line. I've seen that line a million times on sitcoms. And it other doesn't mean it's not everything. true. What? It happens. In real life, it happens. Wait, wait, guys. Is this a date that we're on right now? <laughs> the three of us? Oh, my God. This is so I crazy. Know. I can't believe okay, it. All right, I all was right. just signing on to do a podcast, and this is a date. Yeah. Real all quick, right. do you guys want to take care of my baby? <laughs> no. Go fuck yourself. I don't know you well enough to do that. All right. So let's start at the beginning. That's, that's not true. <laughs> like a warm blanket, we get a beautiful shot and voiceover guy to start the episode. And I'm really hoping this keeps happening because I'm having a great time. Oh, keeps happening. The <laughs> <laughs> second to last episode. Well, I wanted to continue. You mean in your life? You wanted like, to... Yes, I just want a beautiful shot of scenery and a vo- the silky tones of voiceover guy to take me to a magical place. Mm, Great. I'll call you Pete. every morning and I'll say, what do you say, Pete? We're putting on boxers or free bowling it yet again? <laughs> <laughs> just to give you the same vibe. Why yeah. are we here, Pete? If not more <laughs> to eat a cheesesteak and just take a short nap. I wish. Oh, were you done, Pete? I, I thought there was more to your point. You got really sentimental. You got oddly sentimental there. Yeah. I did think, uh, just in terms of that opening sequence and everything that goes on in the flashback of these episodes, it was wild to me how much of the plot that they lay out here. And I love it. I think it's great uh, because I'm a huge fan of shows that really leave it all on the table in a first season. But it also makes me a little nervous thinking ahead to a second season where they've laid out, here's where the virus comes from. It comes from Alaska. They were coring in the ice. They found these living microbes. They clearly got released, caused the sick, but they also created these hybrid children. They don't necessarily lay somebody out, lay some, uh, you know, Gertrude touches up on it, but doesn't completely say that, but it's clear, pretty clear that's what's going on. Well, I agree with you, and I think this show does a great job of letting us sort of paint the picture in our heads. Uh, I think we've said that f- throughout the whole first season here, and what I also like about it is, Birdie makes the point in the episode, like, I've been injecting this stuff into eggs. Um, if it goes one way, it's a cure. If it goes one the other way, it's a virus. And clearly, both happened. I think yeah. the hybrids are the cures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Gus especially is the sort of the uber, the original uh, hybrid. The only other thing that I wanted to throw out is kind of a theory here that I was thinking about. The reason I put like a little asterisk in terms of, yes, this is clear what's going on, is the military takes the research. We also don't see what happens to Birdie at the end of the episode when she goes back and to destroy all the research. So given that we know that Abbott is most likely the big bad guy of the show, it's possible Abbott's army or the army or the military took the research and something went wrong with them, not immediately that night. You know, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a gap there. So it's possible that we might get some sort of twist where it turns out this isn't Bertie's fault. It's, say, Abbott's fault, for example. 
Well, but what do you want to say? Birdie was doing this is reckless research in general. Well, that's the thing that like these goddamn scientists are over here, uh, you know, digging and and uh, fucking around with shit. And it's just like, oh, well, either we're going to save the world or we're going to destroy it. It shouldn't be this like it could go either way. It's like I thought this was science. Like you guys should Roll be a little bit more careful about what's going on and how you're doing no, it. No, hot chocolate is science. What she's doing with microbes is art. I really, I do think the hot chocolate. Is what really bonded them together, and love is the original science. No, I, I, I feel mean, like it I was mean, uh, it was their love of uh, like. you know jam bands and uh, hip. You know, before we get too far afield talking about the dead, what makes the perfect hot cocoa? Mm, great, you're the resident question. sweet tooth. Any tips there? Well, first off, it's got to be fucking delicious, and the, you oh, got to have many, mm, many tips. little marshmallows in there. You know, the, the hot chocolate's got to hit, and then you got to get them with the little mini marshmallows floating in there. I'm going to throw this out there. No marshmallows in my hot chocolate. Go fuck get yourself. That, get You're, that shit a, out no, of What here. the fuck are you making? What the fuck are you making? It's not called hot marshmallow mess. It's called hot chocolate. You're going to make hot chocolate and just go straight hot chocolate, no marshmallows? That's Pete, garbage. Let me ask you this. That's you're, fucking for, you're garbage. You're losing your mind right now and really blowing out the audio, but the marshmallows and... I'm sorry. We've been drinking all day and doing podcasts all day, so I'm a little fired up. <laughs> so we've been having like a good time. three-person festival. <laughs> That's what the dead does, dead right? Heads. Yeah, 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 100%. Marshmallows and whipped cream? No. Or one or the other. No whipped cream. Who, who's putting marshmallows and whipped cream? That person I don't know. is pure This guy's crazy. Some sort of Which bacchanalian uh, psychopath doing. I, I'm going whipped cream, Same. if anything. What? Put your marshmallows in your backpack and take them camping. Get them oh out of my, my hot chocolate. I just don't <laughs> like marshmallows. You guys shouldn't be allowed to raise children. The marshmallow. My kids love marshmallows. They can have as many marshmallows as they want. They can have my marshmallows because marshmallows are gross. Agreed. They're not good. What? It's like someone took some. What are you sugar gonna and... put in your s'mores, you assholes? No, that's fine. I'll put I'll put marshmallows in my s'mores, but at that point they're melted. Don't down, say they're gross in... and then be like, oh, but I I love it and this is that you gotta burn them to a crisp. That's a different taste sensation. No, you when you don't have a marshmallow, like what is it cornstarch that's on the outside of it? I don't Who know, fuck man. knows. I Whatever it is, like the powder on the outside, I don't know why this happens. It must be some genetic thing. It makes my teeth ache and my skin crawl. Like there's something what? just your skin ups- crawl. Seriously, like I get physically. I'm thinking. I'm literally getting physically uncomfortable you? thinking about cornstarch right now. The you're, the most horrifying movie horror movie you can think of is Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh. What did you think of, Ray? What did you do? No, no, it can't be. What did you do, Ray? That's a menace we as a people have been running from, the marshmallow. Throw them away. When I'm sitting around a campfire, I don't want s'more. I just want a little chocolate right in my hand. I don't need a stick. Get that shit out of here. One thing I really liked about the flashback scenes was allowing (laughs) Will Forte to be a little Will Forte. I thought that was pretty great. He went hard. He did. The story about always wanting to be a leaf, very funny. Oh, my God. Just, it was so great. And just the choice, though, to let him be a charming dude, particularly because we've seen him as a crazy man in the woods who we've now spent six-plus episodes learning that he has been lying to Gus the entire time about almost everything and coming up with crazy stories. 
the implication there would be potentially that in the past he's nuts. But we actually find out that he is a pretty normal guy. He's funny. He's charming. He has some weird quirks to him, but nothing that's going to drive Gertrude away. And that's a smart, strong choice. And what I like about this sort of hitting on the over some overarching themes for the the series are like you when you learn more about your parents, you realize they're just normal people who like, you know, screw up and are weird and like don't know what they're doing. When at the beginning of the show, like Puba was this great like artist. He's like telling them all these stories, explaining the world. He was Gus's whole world. And then we find out it was an absolute random occurrence that he ends up with this kid, which is true for most parents and children in general. Let's talk about the present present stuff where uh, with Gus and Bear and Jeopardy, because we haven't really touched on that much. I thought this storyline was really well done, too. I like Gus almost taking charge with Jeopardy and Bear and them being the very tentative kids and him stepping up and being more proactive about everything. I thought the way they rolled out the information was good and just... The acting uh, from all three of them was so strong, particularly Bear and Jeopard, how heartbroken they are the entire time that they need to share this information to Gus, this special, wonderful boy. And they just they have to do it, but they don't want to do it. Well, but and I what I also like about this is there they've said all the time, like Gus just oozes hope. And in this episode, he's like, look, we're almost there. And they're like, we got to tell him. But then they're like, he, he's like, there's, there's smoke coming out of the chimney. And they're like, oh, maybe he's, he's so hopeful. Maybe he's bright. And then, then they get to the house and it's like, there's someone here. It's not her. And they're like, God, he knew this person was going to be here. They get a key. They go to the attic. And they're like, this kid is crushing it. We can't do this. <laughs> so like, I just love the way they, they believe in him. Despite the fact that he's a kid who doesn't know anything about anything. They really believe in his instincts and his just spirit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's impressive how how well can Gus can move these people who are very kind of like stuck in their beliefs. It's it's very heartwarming, especially in this kind of post-apocalyptic, insane world. But also, like, I love the moment uh, with Jeopard and Bear. And he was like, was anything that you said true? And she's like, I hate adults. I thought that was a really funny line and kind of a great moment. Yeah. I did want to mention the geography of this episode, which I was really struck by the way that they laid out where everything was in both timelines. Uh, The fact that they cut from them being at Sal's bar. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, Where they exit and Bertie says, oh, I just live a couple of blocks from here. So when they pull up on Sal's bar 10 years later, all dilapidated, and you see the smoke, you know how far away that is without actually having to see it. Uh, Again, I know we were hitting the same thing over and over, but it's great writing, but it's also really good direction just in terms of laying out the scene and giving you these visual cues of where everything is in the world, which I thought was really nice. I agree with that. Now, what do you guys think about Judy? I'm very suspicious of Judy. I think Judy's like a watchdog. Yeah, I don't trust Judy. I mean, when Judy was like, you can have this key to the attic and then gave this like creepy ass look. I was I was worried the whole time they were in the attic. Judy was going to call the last men. Um, So, yeah, I don't trust Judy at all. Also, like um, I didn't think. Yeah, I I, I feel like she could have been a little bit nicer to Gus and the gang in the beginning. But, uh, you know, Judy's been through a lot, so I, I shouldn't judge. 
We didn't see her. Judge Judy? Do you want to judge Judy or not judge Judy? I don't want to judge Judy. You know what I mean? We didn't see her in the scene where Bertie was freaking out about the changes in the lab, right? Like the first time she was there. there, Was she She in the past timeline? Yes, she was. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I'm less suspicious of her then because I I was concerned about the fact that we didn't see her anywhere there. But if we did, I feel like that does connect it. And it's more she's probably just been living by herself for 10 years in somebody else's house. Makes you weird. Oh, that's the dream. But I don't know. I just feel like she's... Wait, which part is the dream? Living alone by herself for 10 years or in somebody else's house? In somebody else's house for 10 years. You know what I mean? Squatters rights, bro. <laughs> Why don't we should switch houses? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'd love to fuck up your guys' shit. Classic house swap, the sexiest thing three men could do. Oh, my God. What is happening? We should raise a kid. Like, we should <laughs> find a kid. Sort of three men and a baby I'm, style. I'm just worried about what you guys are doing because your your rights and wrongs and how you make hot chocolate is so off. I can't imagine what you're telling your children. Just stuff about hot cocoa. That's pretty much it. Oh, man. What else do you have to teach kids? <laughs> I got touche, touche. I think we hit on the, almost the same thing every episode, but what do you think was going on in the scene where Gus is running through the woods and a bunch of deer come out and start running with him? I think it's sort of a, uh, a storytelling device. I don't think he has any sort of magic deer powers. Aw, really? I'm really hoping at this point he has some kind of magic deer powers because it seems like he's around, there's magical deer that show up, so... I would kind of hope. I think it's just sort of the vibe. Like he's running, like he's connected to spirit. Spirit. I don't think it's even in his mind. I think it's just the way the show is sort of showing what's happening, that he's has this spiritual connection with the larger world. You know, what's interesting is they, they kind of talk about how they don't want to crush Gus. You know what I mean? But it was, I I feel like if somebody found out that they, you know, uh, they were made instead of, uh, you know, had by their parents, I, I would have thought that they would have been a little quicker to be like, Hey, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you had parents, they loved you. They raised you. It it was like back burner. Like I was hoping he would have led with that. You know what I mean? So I was just worried because Gus ran away and I heard Justin being like, I'm worried because like in the comic, he spends a lot of time alone. And then I was like, oh, man, this is not a good time to be alone, Gus. So, yeah, there's one more episode in the season. I think they'll get back together. They'll pretty tie quickly. it all up. Nah, maybe the last app is just him walking around the woods and trying to figure out his deer powers. Eating little pieces of grass and stuff. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Before we move on here, any other notes or moments in the episode that either of you wanted to call out? Friend of the Devil versus Ripple. What do you guys say? If you're talking dead, I'm not a huge deadhead guy, um, but these songs are very, are the big songs. Yeah, I'm I'm a big deadhead and I know both of those songs and I'm going to choose the first one. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a Pahish guy than I'm a deadhead, so... A behish? Yeah, fish. Oh, fish. Nice. You know, real fish heads call it behish. Can you answer, this is something I've wondered about for a long time. Does fish have multiple songs or just one long song that never stops? Ah, exactly. Exactly. That's not a good thing, technically. You figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it a great thing? Do we do many podcasts or do we just do one long podcast? 
Exactly. <laughs> Got to give it up to Friend of the Devil. You figure Friend it out. Friend of the Devil's the song there. Come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, any other moments from the episode you wanted to call out? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. No. And... <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> nope, I've said it all. I did really like the, uh, you know, big man being like, this is how most horror films start. That might be something that's used a lot in the media because uh, uh, Salvin likes to point that out if that happens. But I still think it was uh, well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm just hey, scrolling through time. the notes here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like Baby Gus. I thought seeing Baby Gus again was very nice. That is a You're cute baby, baby crazy. We should get a baby, the three of us. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did think carrying I, a lot of stuff. With Gus, I know he did that in the first episode, but I, that was a lot of stuff there. I didn't realize. So how when much. you're moving uh, into Yellowstone Park to avoid the, an international deadly pandemic, I think maybe bringing more than four apples would probably make a lot of sense. And he had like four apples, yeah, a couple yeah. pans, and sleeping bags. What are you thinking? Like five, six? Got to plan for a week of apples. One week of apples. I saw Justin at a park with his kids, and he looked like he was carrying that much stuff with them. So I think that it's just about. Well, right. that's a daily basis. That's what I'm saying. He's gone. Was he gone for a day hike, or was he trying to? Set down roots. Yeah, I don't want to harp on this too much, but if you're only bringing six apples, that doctor's going to sneak in on the seventh day right there. You know? Oh yeah. boy, uh, I did think the old guy was a little little harsh at the yes, end bro. there, where he was just like, yeah, he was a little bit like uh, the truth hurts. So I was like, ouch, VO guy. Like, this, I don't know if this is the time. What right did you now think about that? the line where he's like, and Gus can go fuck himself? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, I, that was a lot. That was a lot. It was over the line. Why don't we move on with the candy review portion of the podcast? As mentioned, we're going to be talking about the candy that Pete loves when he can't love the one he's with, Milky Way. (laughs) That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, Now, I should mention, I went to the gas station on the corner. uh, You You can't get something. We ask you, can you get a Milky Way? You said yes. The fourth fourth character on our podcast (laughs) The gas station. <laughs> you go to this fucking artisan gas station that yeah, can't be real. Well, but they had uh, salted caramel wow. the Milky Way. That's not and, a Milky Way. Uh, because I felt bad about it, I also got a uh, Milky Way fudge. Well, was the other great. you got two things that aren't a Milky Way. They way didn't to have be. regular Milky Ways. I didn't know what to do. All right, so why don't you pretend to eat a Milky Way and remember what it tastes like? <laughs> wow. Why don't you eat garbage. a Eat a memory. <laughs> Uh, first off, gonna... first off, I want to just say that, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Milky Way is a little shorter than the Three Musketeers, but that doesn't mean it's less. Okay, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be as big wow. as the other candy Framing bars. Framing this as you frame all things, it's just got to taste. As good. short is better. I, I'm sorry, I don't mind a Milky Way, but I agree with Justin that Milky Way is a candy bar that's kind of like a lot of the candy bars that we've tried. Yeah, this is, this is a Three Musketeers with a hat on. Go fuck yourself. No, this is. This is better than a Three Musketeer because you got caramel. This is a light cloud of fluffy nougat with chocolate and caramel. This is all you want. What more do this you want? This is like uh, half half a step away from a Snickers bar. Where? Why don't we just go the way? Go the whole way? No, because sometimes you don't want the peanuts. Like showing up to the to prompt. I'm trying the Milky Way salted caramel, which has milk care. chocolate, creamy caramel, crunchy salt. And smooth nougat. Is the only thing different the crunchy salt? Yes. Yeah. 
Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm not eating some weird artisan candy. That doesn't fucking make mm. sense. Uh, it's pretty good. Got like a light salt taste at the end, but that's it. This is every bite I take. I hear the word Snickers in my head. Why? Because it's this candy bar is like a JV. It does not say JV Snickers. I know the peanuts are what I'm missing. Do you want the crunch? I want the crunch and I want the peanut flavor. This is like showing up to your prom with no pants on. You should try this Milky Way salted caramel then. It's got crunchy, crunchy salt. Sea salt. All right, back up the truck. First off, if you show up to the prom with no pants on, you're ahead of the game. Okay? <laughs> Secondly, you don't always have to have a meal with the peanuts in there. This is a lighter candy bar experience. Okay? This is still pretty thick, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to open up this Milky Way fudge. Which is milk, chocolate, creamy caramel, and fudge nougat. Fudge nougat. Fudge nougat. Now, this is very long. This is a big... Let me also just say while we're um, talking here, my wife just walked in to see me reviewing candy with my three friends and was pretty embarrassed. <laughs> Two friends. I was counting the gas station in our, in our friend group. <laughs> I thought you were using a candy bar for a second. I thought you were counting her. No, that's not true in this case right now. This is also fine. I feel like both of these are fine. Milky Way is an aggressively fine candy bar, I would say. No, it's great. It's better than a fucking Three Musketeers because it adds the caramel. Mm. Caramel is too sticky. The thing that I like about the Three Musketeers, too like we sticky. talked about, is like there's nothing in the way. You're just biting straight through it. It's a nice soft meal for my it's old g- teeth. It is crazy there that you're you like, I'm, this, this caramel is too crazy for me. Just give me nougat. Just give me straight up nougat. <laughs> Some loose nougat in a bag. I just want a hoop and a stick and I'm fine. <laughs> That does sound fun. And this candy bar is like playing basketball where you just there's no no hoop. The caramel is the nice addition here. And also, if you freeze it, it's it's so great. It kind of like snaps a little bit. It's just really I, I don't understand what you guys want out of candy bars. It's a fucking candy bar. And this is a great use of nougat, caramel and chocolate combined in a nice little smaller package. That's like, hey, you know what? Here's a little. little treat. Your, your advice. Every podcast is. Hey, freeze it. Throw it in the freezer. It's much better. So, yeah. Uh, why do you like cold stuff? And also, nougat. I'm fucking Dr. Freeze. Nougat's like a marshmallow for can- It's like a candy bar marshmallow. Dr. And freeze. we all agree marshmallows are great. Were you trying to say Mr. Freeze? Mr. Freeze? Yeah. <laughs> but I've gone to school and done research on my chocolate, so I'm, I'm Dr. Wow. I'm totally fine with this Milky Way fudge. I think you'd like this, Pete, because this is like a Milky Way that, to the point of our podcast, fell in some hot cocoa or something. There it is. Ooh, there it is. So, way to fucking brag at the end that you're eating up with superior chocolate. Pete's heading up into the gas station to make his own connection. Yeah, his make-believe gas station that he goes to. If you want to support my trips to the gas station, <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come on by. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth or Candy or whatever you want to talk about. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Hearing you say that, it makes you wonder, is this a date? This is a day. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.